All right, final hour of the Butch and Tomasi program today. Let's talk some hockey. The NHL trade deadline will be 48 hours from now. We'll be approaching it, right? 49 hours to be exact or a little less. DJ Bean is joining us in studio. John Tomasi live in Fort Myers. Hey, DJ, how you doing? Outstanding. How are you? Outstanding. Why? We got a trade? Because, no, because oh. I've been just drinking cods. I'm sure John has. I've been drinking coffee for the last four days without sleeping, so I feel excellent. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. You don't drink coffee? No, I'm a, I'm a machine. Do you binge eat? You have to hit one of the sports writer cliches. Oh, well, yeah, I've been binge eating since birth. Mike Kruko has some things to say about me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's pepper DJ with a couple questions. Go ahead, John. Oh, uh, okay, DJ. Well, let's start with Louis Erickson. What's the latest? You've been writing about a four-year offer from the Bruins. It doesn't sound like it's good enough. Look into your crystal ball. Look into your caffeine-addled crystal ball and tell me how this thing ends. Well, I will say the latest, as in like three seconds ago, I just got a text saying that they're still going to talk more today. Uh, I don't know if that means they've already begun to talk today, but they're going to continue to talk today. Um, Sweeney and Erickson's agent, J.P. Barry, uh, as they continue to peck away at this thing. But I think that both sides uh, have an understanding that they're not particularly close on either thing right now. So, yeah, the the, the Bruins, they've budged on the term because the the offer i don't know if you can say jo on the radio but their their offer back in december was three years which is a jo offer um and they've budged off that but they're still at four years i think that erickson probably won't take anything less than five and we don't even know what the dollars are on that uh my gut is that he won't stay uh that's just total gut. That's not informed. That's not me reporting anything. Uh, I've just kind of had a feeling all along that they don't want to pay him what he wants, and whether that's because of the style of player he is, because it's because he's not Cam Neely's type of guy. Obviously, Cam and Louis play far, far uh, played far, far different styles. Um, but then again, if they do at least get close enough, like they. It's never been that they were going to trade him if he didn't sign. It was they were going to trade him if they weren't if they didn't get close. Mm. Um, if there wasn't common ground for them to revisit before July first. So my my gut, just because it hasn't happened yet, is that they're not going to find that common ground. But I mean, we'll see. All right. So I do want to get to the call six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. DJ Bean is in studio. Here's my question before we go to the calls, DJ. For all the Louis Erickson talk, what might the Bruins do besides Louis Erickson? Uh, before Monday at 3 o'clock? Well, they're in kind of the unique position of potentially being buyers and sellers. Like, they could move Erickson, and ideally everyone says, oh, you just get a get a young, controllable top four defenseman back. I don't know why a team would trade a young, controllable top four defenseman right. for a 30-year-old rental player, uh, despite the fact that Erickson is right now the best the best player on the market. Oh, and don't forget, you get a first-round pick with that, too, from a Bruins fan. Oh, yeah. Someone, I got a tweet yesterday that was like, uh, uh, will the Bruins get uh, Matt Dumba in the first-round pick for Erickson? And I responded. I was like, no. And they were like, fine. I- I'd be satisfied with just Matt Dumba for Louis Erickson. And I'm like, I'm sure the Bruins would be, too, but <laughs> teams aren't going to trade young, good top four guys for a rental player. So, um the pie in the sky thinking is that maybe they can get a player like that for Erickson. I don't think that happens. But if they do move Erickson, they could still very well find themselves in a position where they say, we could still make the playoffs with this with this group of bozos that we have. Let's go out and add a pretty bad defenseman and maybe 
that can help them down the road. Uh, for me, I'm okay with either path they take with Erickson. If you sign him, do it responsibly. If you trade him, do it responsibly. Don't trade him for a couple of second-round picks. Don't trade him for a first-round pick that you intend to spend. If you're going to get a first-round pick, if you're going to get any sorts of futures for Louis Erickson, be prepared to do what Danny Ainge did back in the Dizzy and package all those guys up and get something real back in return. All right, DJ Bean is here. Let's go to the calls. Uh, Bruce and Westfield does not want to talk about Louis Erickson. Wants to talk about trading Tuca, Bruce? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, Bruce. Is, is DJ, is Tuca untouchable? Uh, I don't think that I don't, I don't want to say I don't think that anyone's untouchable, but you need to get a real ton back for for Tuca. I mean, he well, don't makes, you need to get a goaltender back? You do right. The first start is you need a a good serviceable starting goaltender. Um, so why 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 do you why do you ask? Because I'm a, I'll put it right out here. I'm a huge Columbus fan. Okay. Obviously, with the problems that they have with Bobrovsky not staying healthy for the last two years mm-hmm. and having to actually call up two AHL kids and basically play the whole year, they are in need of a strong goaltender. If you guys lose Erickson, you wouldn't consider a package with with Atkinson and, and, and Jenner and maybe Corpusalo for for Rask. Well, yeah. if they because trade, Columbus is loaded with talent. In, in the minors, in the, with with Milano, with Bjorkstrand, with uh, a, a bunch of different kids. I mean, and, and that they have a chance to go to move their future with a number with an ace goaltender. So, I mean, I, I'm going to plead ignorance on the on the Blue Jackets pipeline thing. I mean, I haven't seen any of those those guys play, so I don't know what they'd be worth. But if you're trading Rask, you're trading a star, and you'd probably need legitimate stars. With a huge contract. What's that? Yeah, but so here's the thing. He's got a huge contract. He's tied, I want to say, for the fourth highest uh, cap hit among NHL goalies. And the other guy, the guys who are paid more than him, like Henrik Lundqvist makes a million and a half more than him, and he's, what, three, four, five, six years older than him. So I think he's probably five years older than Rask. Rask's, I want to say, 28. Lundqvist is in his early 30s. So, like, the guys that are getting that much money – uh, or I would say stack Tukarask's contract against the other elite goaltenders in the league, and he doesn't have a bad contract. It's just if you trade Tukarask, then it would come down to you not believing in paying a goaltender top dollar. Well, but which, isn't that this... can be fine? I mean, teams you you can get by if you have a goaltender who isn't making that much money. But you're always. I mean, think of if if you've grown up watching the Bruins fans as I did. I always thought if I were a general manager of the team, the first thing I would do is say, who's the best goaltender? I'll give up everything for him. I'll pay everything for him because so many problems are solved by having a great goaltender. Hell, where would the Bruins be this season without Tuka Rask? Well, but I think, Bruce, th- this is an off-season question, isn't it? I mean, if you want to explore the, okay, you've got a goaltender that, as good as he is, how he's viewed in the league, if you're going to trade him now, you've got a ton of value, and you can load up and do it. Isn't that an off-season? You're going to do that in the middle of the season? Right, and also right. that that wouldn't benefit the Blue Jackets right now either because they'd start winning games if they suddenly added a goaltender. And uh, the, the Blue Jackets obviously are probably more interested right now in finishing with a nice nice draft pick than um than finishing strong but then again if you if you're trading to Garask then you're getting that pick anyway about it uh thanks for the call Bruce as Kenny Laird points out highest paid goalies Lundquist 8.5 Bobrovsky 7.4 Tuka and Pekka 
right after that. So, all right. So, who would you rather have for seven million dollars? Tuka Rask or Pekarene? Overwhelmingly, Tuka Rask. Again, I don't see the logic of trading your number one goaltender in the middle of the season. You don't have a solution. I mean, the Red Sox did it and just went with kids down the stretch last year out of, you know, just because they were out of it by the All-Star break. Mm. I mean, unfortunately, in the NHL, if you're out of it, then you're vying for the top draft pick. There's only like two or three teams that are out of it, mm. right, in the yeah. NHL. Quick little uh, update on the the traded line front. Uh, this doesn't affect the Bruins directly, but it does uh, affect a former Bruin, the uh, – the Maple Leafs have traded James Reimer to the Sharks, and where that affects a former Bruin is that the Sharks were supposedly looking at Chad Johnson in Buffalo to add as a backup goalie. So now the the Sharks have their backup goalie to uh, to play behind another former Bruin in Martin Jones. Also, Kenny points out that the Kings are close to acquiring defenseman Justin Schultz and forward Teddy Purcell for two prospects from Edmonton. Any significance from a Bruins perspective to that deal? Well, it means that uh, Mr. Shirelli is uh, making good on his word that that he was going to be sellers. Uh, Purcell and Schultz, I think, were both kind of no-brainers to go. Uh, Kenny, do you have it? Was is Schultz an RFA? He's uh, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he's so not, he might have control for one more year. Yeah, right. And he's kind of he's. I mean, he fits under that uh, that cloud of guys who you think if we can get him in our system and get him in the right situation, he'll be a better player than he's been. Uh, but yeah, uh, so. Shirelli's selling in Edmonton, but what else is new? I, I, I'm still kind of waiting for him to make a bigger move and move a guy like Eberly or or Yakupov or something like that. Let's That'd bring be uh, John Tomasi back in. 617-779-7937, by the way. DJ Bean in studio. We're talking NHL trading deadline. I've been Bruins here the whole Louis time, Butch. I, I haven't gone anywhere. But let's bring <laughs> you back in, John. You know, you're, I'm sure you're measuring Carson Smith's legs as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do. You know, I had a couple of things I was curious about from DJ's perspective. Where do you fall on the rebuild versus go for it? It's an oversimplification. But when you when you look at this Bruins team, which direction would you be tempted to lean? Well, here's the thing. If in case there was any sort of doubt that that could have been warranted, I guess. I mean, I'm a huge, huge believer in the caps, but I understand that a lot of people thought, um, you know they're the Capitals, and uh, and it's Barry Trotz, and you know add it all together, and maybe this team won't go far in the playoffs, or who knows, maybe they get a bunch of injuries, and with how bad the East is, if you beat teams like the the Red Wings and the the Panthers, both of whom the Bruins could either beat or lose to, um, but they could definitely they could certainly beat them. Uh, maybe the the Caps don't go as far, and maybe you, you can somehow punch your ticket to the Stanley Cup Finals. Well. Uh, Chicago is now guaranteed in case there were any doubt that if by some miracle you could get to the cup final that uh, the Blackhawks will be waiting for whatever poor team gets there and will just demolish them with some of the moves that they've added lately uh, to to pour salt on the wound. They've added um, a Bruins killer and Dale Weiss to play in their bottom six. So uh, I understand that you look at this team and you say, you know what, the East is so bad that they'll win a couple rounds Maybe if if the stars align, they could somehow uh, either not face the Caps or beat the Caps or uh, something to that effect. But uh, it it just all really comes down to Neely and Sweeney. Are they do they want to make the playoffs so badly? Do they want to win a couple rounds so badly that they so they can say that their plan is working that they don't uh, that they don't sell potentially valuable pieces? Or on the other hand, do you say? 
despite being in a good playoff position, despite the fact that we can win, do we take ourselves out of it by making these moves? It's not an enviable position. Again, I, I hate to be on both sides of the fence here, but I'm fine with either scenario as long as they do it correctly. Like like when they traded Dougie Hamilton, they did it the wrong way. If they had traded Dougie Hamilton uh, and gotten something bigger back, then maybe it would have been an easier pill to swallow. So as long as they... I'm fine with, the, with whichever lane they pick as long as they do it right, basically. And that, that's such a, a crappy answer. But <laughs> it, it just seems to me like if, you, if you're delaying the inevitable that there is going to be a rebuild in some fashion, not saying you have to completely tear it down, but if you're being realistic with the way your roster, roster is constructed, aren't you doing your fans and your organization a disservice to take sort of half measures? Don't you have yes. to? Yes, so I'm, I'm very, very anti-half measures. I'm a big Mike Ehrman Trout guy. Um, <laughs> but, but here's the thing, and Matt Callum brought this point up uh, a couple weeks ago on, on CSN, and it's one that a lot of us have kind of snoozed on, that when you say, just do a full rebuild, trade, uh, trade Chara for futures, trade Erickson for futures, uh, basically trade everyone who isn't named... Marshan, Bergeron, Krejci, Rask, or whatever, then it's like you're now putting yourself in a position, though, where you could get yourself, where you, you plummet to the depths of the NHL, which would be the plan in that scenario. Teams, unless they have great management, don't always come out of that. Like, you could become one of those teams that spends decades in the in, in the, the depths of the NHL, and what does that do? That wastes Patrice Bergeron's prime. That wastes David Krejci's prime. You you end up with a scenario where Patrice Bergeron becomes a Ray Bork type situation where even though Bergeron's won already, you're at the end of Patrice Bergeron's career and you're trading him just so he can have a chance of winning. So as as someone who covers the team, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to see that. I, I don't want to cover a bunch of boring teams. I mean, hell, this year my job's been so much harder this year anyway with them not winning games to think of creative ways of saying this team isn't very good. How can they get better? So I don't want to see 15 so, years of that. Try doing the Red Sox for three of the last four years. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm sorry. So in the last 15 minutes, you mentioned that they could possibly be in a position of being both buyers or sellers. Yes. John, you mentioned or brought the question up, do they you know, blow it up or do they keep on keeping on? Um, I want to ask you about their three first-round picks and first-round picks in general. I would make the argument that in the NHL, unlike the NBA – because in the NBA, there's you know there's the high class top and there's, three and there's and nothing. that's it yeah. yeah I mean you want that to be a lottery pick if it's not then you know yeah I mean history tells you it's but in the NHL it's almost the opposite if you load up on first round picks you got a better chance of getting somebody 15 through 30 that could turn into an all star defenseman yeah but the chances of getting a guy at 15 30 aren't too much better in the really? NHL of getting a guy well, in the second round that was my question to you so yeah. you, you it's, think it's closer to the NBA than you know, it the, is to the, the NHL, NFL let's say so it's it's nothing like the NFL the NFL if you don't get a starter with any selection in the top 3 rounds then you messed up um in the NBA as as you mentioned it's really the top 3 picks MLB They've kind of bridged the gap with the signability concerns leading to you getting good players at the mm-hmm. end of the first round who might go top five. NHL, top ten, if you don't get a good – if you don't get a a very good player to a star, then you messed up. But outside of the top ten, uh, especially once you get to the teens in the late first round, your chances are just as good of getting a Jordan Caron as they are of getting a of a, of a Zach Parise or something like that. I, I did a – a study before the draft, before they made all those picks and loaded up on those mid-round picks, um, that 
tried to quantify what hits and misses are mm-hmm. in the NHL draft, and I looked at 1 through 10, 10 through 20, 20 through 30, and 1 through 10, it was such a rarity for you to not hit on one of those picks. But once you get to 11 through 20, it drops off pretty considerably to the fact where I want to say that chances are less than 50-50 that you get a really good legitimate NHL player. And then it drops off a little more when you get to the end of the first round. That's why, depending on which team you're dealing with, like, so Winnipeg traded Andrew Ladd to Chicago for their first round pick. Sweet. That's you. So you basically got a second round pick for Andrew Ladd. Why wouldn't you trade Ladd for two second round picks versus one super late first round pick? And that's kind of the way that Chiarelli started to deal late in his. tenure with the Bruins he did it incorrectly because he gave up two second round picks for Brett Conley where maybe he would have been better off giving up a first round pick but yeah that's 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 where I fall on that uh, let's take a quick break John Tomasi's in Fort Myers Butch Stearns DJ Bean in studio and we come back your phone calls and I want to ask DJ about the possibility of after Monday at three o'clock that Louis Erickson without a contract is still a member of the Boston Bruins that and your thoughts when we come back we offered you know we we, we extended Dougie, a very significant contract offer, and uh, and it didn't lead us to where we thought we'd we'd be able to with him being comfortable being, you know, part of our uh, our group long term. So that sort of changed the course a little bit. I don't believe that that we would have been that Dougie would have been comfortable in Boston going forward for long term. That's Bruins GM Don Sweeney on draft night or the night before when he traded Dougie Hamilton. Hey Butch, guess who Dougie Hamilton's agent is? Who? J.P. Barry. Oh. Just saying. So would Louis, So the question then, the obvious one, I guess, is, is Louis Erickson comfortable being in Boston long term? Well, he just bought a house uh, within the last year. Um, but as common sense will tell you, houses can be sold. So he, uh, I think, that, he, I think that, he, that he's fine here. He'd want to stay. I would think that actually, as it relates to the trade deadline, there's got to be incentive on his part. I mean, you'd think, oh, maybe if he goes and has a great cup run, then he boosts his stock. But when he came to Boston, even before he got hurt, there was that sort of adjustment period that he had where he wasn't really producing. What's to say that doesn't that, that doesn't happen again if he gets traded somewhere? So for me, if I'm Erickson, I want to stay in Boston. Even if I'm not going to re-sign here, I want to stay here where I'm producing, putting up really good numbers, playing really well with yeah, David Krejci. And yeah, and... I mean, if if this is where I'm uh, crossing the T's and, and dotting the, the lowercase J's on my resume, then I'd want it to be here versus potentially messing with that and, and hurting my stock in free agency. What are the odds that Monday 3 o'clock comes and goes, Louis Erickson does not sign an extension, and he's still a member of the Bruins? Give me odds. All right, the odds are... Or percentage. The odds are existent. And I think that people, <laughs> I know that's not a number, but I think that that's, that's significant enough because people assume that it's either he signs or he gets traded. Uh, I wrote yesterday that the Bruins haven't told Erickson's camp straight up. They haven't given him that ultimatum of if you don't sign, you're getting traded. Not that that would really, not that that would really bum Erickson out or whatever. I mean, he could go and potentially try to go win a Stanley Cup. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the plan, as I said in the last segment, isn't, if he doesn't sign, they're definitely going to trade him. If there isn't enough common ground, if they haven't bridged the gap enough, um, I mean, who knows? Maybe where they are right now, if they revisit that leading up to July 1st, 
The Bruins have already budged uh, on term at least to get to four years. Erickson, I think, this is just guessing, I think would take something like five times five, seven, five. So even if they aren't close right now, they're closer than they were before. So if they get past the traded line and they keep him, then there's still time to try to figure it out. John, you know, we talk about these things at the baseball trading deadline all the time, but there's that X factor that, you know, compensatory draft pick. If, if a guy walks and you, you had him at the be- on your roster at the beginning of the season, that's a different factor. Yeah, someone will have to explain that factor to me. What do you mean? What, well, what, what are you talking about I'm talking for about hockey? If, if this were baseball. Oh, I understand that, that. How does it work in hockey? Forgive my ignorance. Well, there is no draft pick if Louis Erickson walks. Yeah, so that, yeah, well, there, that there's is a, a there's a draft pick if you trade his rights just before the free agency, and that gives teams that gives one team basically a window to negotiate with them. And if he doesn't sign, usually there's some sort of condition where so for a player like Erickson, the Bruins would trade him uh, around the draft for like a, a fifth round pick or something like that. And there'd be a condition that uh, if Erickson doesn't re-sign with that team by start of free agency, which is a week later, that the Bruins uh, would then give that team a seventh round pick or something like that. So teams basically pay a, a very, very small price for a small window to, to sign the player. But, the, yeah, there's no, like, compensatory, uh, you lost him in free agency, so mm-hmm. here's a pick sort of deal. DJ, where do you fall on Chara? How do you assess him right now? You wrote a great story early in the season on how his offensive game had changed pretty dramatically and yet effectively. Where do you stand on him now as the season is in the dog days? I think that uh, it would be generous to say that this is the last season where you could legitimately build uh, a cup run around Chara. I think that it's uh, it's it's not too outrageous to say that maybe those days have passed. Uh, he's still, he's not the best defenseman in the NHL anymore. He's not one of the top five defensemen in the NHL anymore. He's probably the 20 to 25th best defenseman in the NHL. Have teams won the Stanley Cup with the 25th best defenseman in the NHL? Sure, but they had a lot of other good players around him. Chara is one of few great players or very good players on the Bruins this season, uh, which is why I don't think that this is a team that makes a, a super, super deep run. I would be open to trading Chara. Uh, he's got a good contract next season. $6.9 million is a little high for him, but it drops the next, the season after that to 4 million. So he's got an attractive contract. The issue is if you trade, uh, if you trade Chara, then we've kind of exited half measure territory. If you trade Chara with, what the rest of this defense looks like, you are going into, all right, we are a sucky hockey team mode now. and You can put that on like a, on a poster. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it could be a Nesson slogan. Well, last time when we were talking about it on Sunday Skate, I said, if you trade Chara, it's suck time. And uh, then I think Pete tried to get suck time trending. And fortunately, it was so early in the morning. That well, that was the Red Sox trending. slogan second half of last year. You know, we suck, but our young players are great. Come watch. And it worked. Right? You know what? The second half of that Red Sox season, that was the most I've watched the Red Sox in maybe two or three years. It was I, I loved watching that team, just knowing that nothing was going to happen with them, obviously. So let me ask you guys about uh, a different perspective, you know, completely other coast, uh, Milan Lucic. So Lucic is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. You bet. Just like Louis Erickson. And the Kings are faced with the exact same possibility. You either sign them long The Kings are a lot better than the Bruins. Kings are fourth in their conference. The Bruins are fifth. Kings have 76 points. The Bruins have 74. 
the Kings are a lot okay, great. better than the and Bruins. It, and it proved it when they came here, DJ. But why is their situation with Milan Lucic any different than Louis Erickson? Well, I think that their situation with Milan Lucic is they know it was somewhat realistic that they might not be able to sign him because they just signed Kopitar and they don't have a lot of money to to throw around at guys. I think they know it's realistic that they might not bring and him back. And the Bruins back. do? Well, the Bruins have the money to sign Louis Erickson, sure. They're just deciding whether or not they think it's the, the right move for them to to do that or if they think they're in a semi-rebuild, say, all right, we'll save the money for now, maybe go spend it on a defenseman down the road, which, by the way, there aren't really many good defensemen in free agency, so you're not going to fix that problem. Everyone stop saying that. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the Kings know that they got Lucic for this season, and if they get him for longer, then that's gravy. But, uh, I mean, what they gave up, it was a big package, but it wasn't too much more than – it, it it was appropriate for a rental given that it was a full season rental versus a uh, a smaller rental, like a trade deadline rental. I mean, Ladd, I said, went for a first and uh, a prospect and a future pick. Lucic, a full season of Lucic, who I'd probably rather have than Ladd, went for a first-round pick, a backup goalie, and a prospect. Yeah, but you're going backwards. I'm going forward. Why are the Kings willing to say – well, look, we're contenders. To because your they, point. because they, do you know how much? Because the Kings are so much better than the Bruins. Okay, great. They can so, beat those teams, and if they get to the Stanley Cup Finals, unlike the Bruins, if the Bruins are able to to will their way to the Stanley Cup Finals, they're going to get demolished. Great. If the Kings get to the, the Kings are one of the two or three teams that are going to win in the Western Conference. Great. So if so, they're willing to keep Milan Lucic and not get anything for him because they're not going to get anything better in return if they traded him and they're contenders. You're comparing a title contender to a team that's in the middle of a soft rebuild. I understand that they're similar in the standings. I'm sorry, but you you may think the Kings are better than they are. I get it. I, but right. the Bruins, are again, just by simple standings, right. the Bruins are in the same position in the East that the Kings are in in the West. And we all said that hockey one through eight, it doesn't matter. Just get in the dance and do what you got to do. I'm just wondering why the Kings are so willing to keep – uh, you know, Milan Lucic, but yet the Bruins, at least from a fan's perspective, oh, you got to trade Louis Erickson. Because the Kings don't have as many holes as the Bruins do that they could potentially fill by moving Milan Lucic. Milan Lucic is the guy that they want. He's the solution to uh, some of their, their quote-unquote holes. And he's gone holes. at they the don't... end of the year. Right, and they're fine with it. You, you've seen contending So why teams. aren't you fine with why Louis did the, Erickson Why did the, the, the Red Sox trade for Jeff Supon? Because they wanted to him to take them to the next level. That's why the Kings are that. They were cup contenders, and they said, okay, we're going to add this piece, and he's going to take us further. The Bruins, if they think they're cup contenders, they're lying to themselves. There's a a difference. I understand they're similar in the standings, but the Kings are a much, much better team than the Bruins. They're better off with a rental than the Bruins are. Let's go to Louis, uh, excuse me, Jesse in Montreal who wants to talk about Louis Erickson. Go ahead, Jesse. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. Hi. Uh, just a quick thing. Um, all the Bruins fans I know in Montreal are ready for the cup run. All the Canadians fans I know have a lot of faith this Bruins team can do can do a lot. A lot of the crap I hear has come out of Bruins fans from Boston. I agree with Michael Hawley. He said the fan base is joyless. There's no passion there. They give up on the team. So um, up here, there's a good vibe about the team. I think they can go far. But uh, just coming back to Louis Erickson. Well, of um, course. UK Canadians are such more wonderful people. This isn't a debate. Well, yeah, I just, you know, you guys give up too easily. You know, how can you not have faith in this Bruins team? They've gone to the finals two times the last couple of years. So, you know, have some faith, huh? But anyway, um, about Louis Erickson. Well, wait a minute. Are you a Cana- really Jesse, are you a Canadians fan? 
No, I'm a Bruins fan. Oh, in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. In Montreal. But all the Bruins fans I know up here, like, they're ready for the playoffs. You know, like, you know, you just don't give up on this team. Give a shot for the playoffs. I mean, a lot of other teams want to kill to be where the Bruins are now. So I think they should be a little more appreciative of the team. But about Louis, I wouldn't hold out if I were him. I would accept this deal. You know, you look at Thomas Vanek. He turned down seven years, $50 million from the Islanders mm-hmm. to hold out until the end of the year. He ended up getting three years, $18 million. Right, and he burned himself. Yeah, so anything can happen. You can get hurt the next day. You and a similar situation to what I said with Erickson. I mean, he gets moved to Montreal, and what does he do? He his he has a tough time adjusting. His play drops off a little bit, and boom, your your value is totally diminished. Yeah, you know what? What are they going from the Bruins? Like four years, six million. I'm guessing. I think he should take the money. He's going to play with Krejci. He's going to give him. You know, he's going to have a, a shot at a cup every year. You know, I think he should take the money and not hold out because if you hold out, it can really burn you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. All right, thank thanks you. For the call, Excellent Jesse. caller. Texter says to me, I need to try some of the Kool-Aid that Butch has been drinking about the Bruins. The fact that he hasn't even conceded that the Kings are a very dominant team is insane. I did concede that. I said, just go to the game they played against each other. Right. The Kings are in a different class. I'm just saying that... No, it's a, it's a fair question because the, the Bruins are a... Um, they're in playoff standing right now and they've got a pending UFA. Um the Kings are in a similar situation. It's just the Kings are so much better off. Here's to further my point. If Tuesday rolls around and Louis Erickson is still here, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and they didn't get anything for him and they didn't sign him, and we start hearing the story that they're not negotiating anymore. So now they've got him as a rental player for the rest of the year. I think everybody is going to jump all over Don Sweeney for keeping him and not getting it done. Why Don did Sweeney's, you bother I, I, Look at some of the moves he's made. I don't think Don Sweeney's too worried about guys jumping all over him. But, not, I mean, he made the Dougie point. Hamilton trade. He that's traded anything for Zach Ronaldo. He's that's, not afraid that's of That's a different point. Do you agree with me that people will jump all over him for keeping him when yeah. not getting anything for him? Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think the will tone— you? Uh, well, again, it depends on if they do it responsibly or irresponsibly. What does that mean? If they keep him and there's—it'll the, be too soon to jump all over him is a good way of saying it because— Maybe they could still end up signing him. And if they don't end up signing him, then you say, this is the risk you know you're running. That's what I'll say. So if, well, they, if they keep him past the deadline, I'll say, I, I'm i sure they're aware that they know they're running a huge risk To your right point, now. Don Sweeney, I would imagine, is going to come out And then I'll try point. to find out what they were offered for Erickson that they right. turned down. And if they turned down two first-round picks and a good prospect, then I'm going to say, eh, Which probably should have traded him. Probably unlikely. They, I mean, if they, right. they probably would have made that. So what I think Don Sweeney is going to do in that situation is come out and say, fine. Judge us at the end of the year, and that's fair enough, right? Because it is because they could sign him by the end of the year. He could light the world on fire and lead them to the playoffs. Yeah, and then you could judge it. And then if he walks, so be it. You got something out of him, right? Just like which your fans point about, still won't like, but yeah. Well, what I mean again, that's <laughs> you got to look at it and see what you get out of it. Yes. We, we worry too much about, and you can't hey. in the NHL oh. with the salary cap. We worry too much about committing to guys, but what are you getting out of the here and now? You know. All right, DJ, uh, let's wrap it up. we got a final segment coming up. So, simple question. Is Louis Erickson here Tuesday or not? Your thought. Uh, come on. I don't like to be that guy who they can play this clip back and say, ah, oh, see you, idiot. You take a shot. Because I, mean, I, like to take the, I like to take the information as it comes to me and then make informed <laughs> Go opinions. Go back to Russia, as they say on the Right, Simpsons. yeah, okay. So my, All right, I'll give you an easier question. Yes. What is your best picture? My best picture is Room. Room was half a best picture. It, I would, I will definitely agree with that. First half was tremendous. Second half was not as tremendous. Oh, the first twenty minutes were so bad. I almost walked out of the theater. I was so afraid that was going to be the entire movie. And then once it picked up steam, I was like, oh, thank God. And yeah, the, the movies this this year weren't that good. So it, it's not like it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. But 
Oh, I like the movies this year. I'm going Mad Max. Wow. See, that's uh, you see between me not committing to whether or not they keep him or trade him, uh, that shows the lack of balls I have. But the fact that you go Mad Max, that is. I didn't see either one of those, but Creed blows them away. Oh my God, Mad Creed Max! Was a not every movie has to be some pretentious art film, like the the Danish Girl or something. Right. Mad Max was tremendous. So here's Creed the thing. was awesome. I didn't. Well, of course, Creed. No one's no one's arguing that. I uh, I didn't see the Danish Girl. I didn't see all of the uh, best supporting nominees, which is a disappointment. Oh, but I did God. see you all the best picture. You guys continue this Oscars conversation while we. Pay some bills. DJ, thank you. WEEI.com to read DJ Bean leading up to the trading deadline at 3 o'clock on Monday.